Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. I have a sermon series that I'm going to begin. I have been praying about this now for several weeks, and I know the holidays are upon us, but we're going to start nonetheless. Amen. The title of the message this morning is, I am the bread of life. And this is part one on a series that's going to take place. We're going to read one simple verse in Scripture. It's found in John 6, 35. Let's stand to our feet just to honor God's Word this morning. I'm going to ask the whole church to read it together. Can we do that as a family? Amen? Let's begin. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Glory to God. You may take your seats this morning in the presence of the living God. For anyone who has been part of this church for any period of time, you would by now would understand that there's not many sermon series that takes place in this house. I typically do not do sermon series. I prefer to hear from the Lord each week and get a brand new word, a, a brand new fresh word, fresh manna from heaven every single Sunday. But God has impressed in my heart for several weeks now to do a series on the phrases, I am, the name that God attributed to himself. This is going to be an eight-week series. And again, because of the holidays, if the Lord should say so, we might break away from the series for a holiday message, or we might just go forward, however the Spirit leads. Amen? But prepare yourself, because this is going to be a, a series of eight weeks. Now, the first time we hear the phrase or the name, I am, we hear it in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. I'm going to read it to you. When God refers to himself as I am. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Glory to God. The name and the words I am are absolutely mind-boggling, perplexing of astronomical proportions. I don't know if you understand this, but when you hear the words I am, the name I am, it's like a fill-in-the-blank type of a statement. That means anything you can think of, he is that. Amen? When you say all-powerful, I am. All-knowing, I am. Ever-present, I am. Healer, I am. Deliverer, I am. Provider, life-giver, life-taker, miracle-worker, defender, justice, vindicator, father, I am. He is all of those things. Everyone today in this world has lost their ever-loving mind. We have so many celebrities and actresses and movie stars and athletes and all these people calling themselves I am, a name which has been attributed and declared by I am himself, God, Yahweh, Jehovah God. He alone is God, and besides him there is none other. And now we have all these celebrities and all these people saying of themselves, I am. If you look at some of these people, I mean, you'd be shocked. You got a, a 50 cent, half a dollar. You got, I don't know, this guy, some rap dude. I, I don't even know his name. But look at all these people. I am Beyonce. I am 
uh, uh, this lady, Chrisette, David Bowie, um, everybody, Shirley MacLaine, Joe, and Mary J. Blige, Alicia Keys. Oh, no, Pastor, not Alicia Keys. Yes, Alicia Keys, Erica Badu. What about this, Janet Jackson? Oh, no, not Janet Jackson. Yes, Janet Jackson, I am legend. Will I am, and on and on. And, you know, I've had people literally, when I've spoken about these celebrities, I've had people accuse me of coming against black icons. Figure this out. People that are so loyal to icons in their community, they say, oh, the pastor, you're dissing to Michael Jackson. He's an icon. You know, all these people, these are icons. Well, there are some Caucasian people there, and there are some Spanish guys. There's a guy, Juan de Jesus Miranda. He was calling himself Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I'm not scared of nobody. Amen. I'm on assignment. I'm here to tell you this is lunacy. This is crazy. These people are playing. It's a, a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You can't possibly call yourself I am and think you're going to get away with that. These people knowingly or some of them may be unknowingly. Look at this. Hillary Duff. Are you kidding me? Hillary Duff calling herself I am Hillary. I try to stay as far away from that name as possible. Just saying. But these people are vile and corrupt. They're defiling a very holy name that is attributed to God. They are perverting the name of the most high God. If you listen to some of the lyrics or if you go and see some of the movies and these people have their big credits, Will, I Am, or whatever the actress or, or person's name is, the person is attributing themselves to I Am. But in the movie, there's some vile sex scenes, homosexual sex scenes, uh, 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 all kinds of crazy stuff, violence and murder, blasphemies and all kinds of stuff. And they are perverting the name of the most high. They are acting out the same way Lucifer did when pride was found in his heart. I want you to pay very close attention because I don't have much time today, but I'm going to try to get it all in. Isaiah 14, 13 through 14. This is a very important thing that you pay attention to. It says, for you have said in your heart, this is God speaking about Lucifer. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Well, guess what? That didn't go as planned, did it? Praise God. And neither will it go for the I amers of our day that are trying to say of themselves, I'm going to be like the most high i'm going to ascend i'm going to be a, a, a brighter than the sun i bind that in jesus name listen to some rebukes from the living god isaiah 47 8 through 15 i made it in big print so you don't miss it therefore hear this now you who are given to pleasures, who dwell securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one else besides me. I shall not sit as a widow, nor shall, know, or nor shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to you in a moment. Oh, my God. In one day, the loss of children and widowhood, they shall come upon you in their fullness because of the multitude of your sorceries. I don't know if you're hearing this. When you call yourself or attribute yourself to I am, you are doing sorcery. That means witchcraft. For the great abundance of your enchantments, that means spells. For you have trusted in your wickedness and you have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge have warped you. And you have said in your heart, I am and there is no one else besides me. Therefore, evil shall come upon you. You shall not know from where it arises, and trouble shall fall upon you. You will not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon you suddenly, 
which you shall not know. Stand now with your enchantments and the multitude of your sorceries in which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to profit. Perhaps you will prevail. You are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. Behold, they shall all be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. It shall not be a coal to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before. Thus shall they be to you with whom you have labored, your merchants from your youth. They shall wander each one to his quarter. No one shall save you. That is a, a scathing rebuke to those that call themselves an I am. These people have no idea what they're doing. They're playing literally with the fire of God, with the power of God. Satan had learned this himself. And I'm going to read another rebuke. Ezekiel 28, 2 through 10. Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, that means the devil. And those that follow him in this line of thought are going to have the same consequence. It says, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God. I sit in the seats of gods. I am in the midst of the seas. Yet you are a man and not a God. Though you set your heart as the heart of a God, behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can be hidden from you. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom and trade, you have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Let me just stop right there before I go on to verse 6. A lot of these celebrities, they look down on you and I as peasants as little people, because they have all the money, they have all the fame, they seemingly have all the control and the power, and everybody looks up to them like they're little gods on earth. And that's why their head is so swelled up. They think they're perfect. They think they're above everybody. They go to the finest restaurants. These are the people that have money to close down an entire amusement park for the day and just bring their special friends and loved ones while all of us have to wait out or can't even go to the park these are the people with money and because of their fame and their fortune and because of all their money they think that they have arrived to a level of godhead status the riches deceive them this is what satan tried to do to jesus in the wilderness he said everything that your eyes see will be yours if you would just butt down and Worship me. Bow down and worship me. How many celebrities have done that? Have cut themselves and made blood oaths and blood sacrifices and went into seances and made enchantments and sorceries to draw unto themselves the men of old, men of renown, the Nephilim. Verse 6. Therefore thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, Behold, therefore, I will bring strangers against you, the most terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom, and they will defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit, and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas. Will you still say before him who slays you, I am a God, but you shall be a man and not a God? In the hand of him who slays you. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised. By the hand of aliens. For I have spoken. Says the Lord God. This should shake every one of us to our boots. I'm saying this because it's very important. Before I go into today's passage. I've got to say this. Calling yourself I am. On your social media. You know, I am Junebug. I am Papa. You know, I don't care what your name is. If you put an I am before it, you are playing with the very fires of the power of the living God. 
It is not cute. Change your status. Change your behavior immediately. Stop. I'm seeing Christians. Christians. I am. I've seen churches. We are this church. I've seen it. You cannot take the place of God, especially when he says, I will not share my glory with anyone. That is attributed to him and to him alone. And for those of you that follow these celebrities, these I amers, you are literally in league with that demon, with that enchantment, with that sorcery. I've put several celebrities here, and these are some old ones. We got a whole bunch of new Nicki Minaj and all these uh, Cardi B's and people that are all out here calling themselves little gods. And how many of us are jamming? Jay-Z, he even has do what thou wilt, which is one of the satanic, the only commandment in the satanic Bible. And we have a lot of Christians following these people. God help us. We're playing with fire. And we're asking God, God, deliver my son. God, deliver my daughter. God, save me from this sickness. God, heal my flesh. God, God, God. And then we put in the car, boom, Jay-Z, boom, boom, And we're wondering, why isn't this working for me? Why is it that God is not listening to my prayers? It's because God says to him that turns a deaf ear to the law of the living God, even his prayer will be an abomination. We think we could just pray it all away. Oh, God is good. He just is a good God, loving God. Yes, he is a good God. Yes, he is a wonderful, loving God, and his mercy endures forever. But when you try to put yourself in his place, you are dead dead wrong and it's a scary place to be listen not one of us are guaranteed that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning some of us are not guaranteed we'll make it to bed tonight i have a friend a brother in christ that i love and 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 uh, i'm just sad 55 years old he preached on sunday morning at his church the church i grew up in my whole life we were on the same worship team he was the bass player and he went at around 8 o'clock at night, ready to wind down for the evening. He went and took a shower, got in his pajamas, and went, poof, fell right on the floor and died suddenly. 55 years old. No one that heard the message in the morning saw anything wrong. Total normal life. No indications of anything wrong. His heart was enlarged. I think it was myocarditis, but I don't know because I'm not a doctor. But it's sad, our days, even those of us in the faith, nobody is guaranteed. A lot of us think because we walk with Jesus, we're going to live till we're 90 years old. Isn't that what our brain tells us? I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be dumb old. I'm getting Ebonics on you. I'm going to be so old, all my friends are going to go, but I'm going to be alive forever. Yeah, you keep thinking that. Every day that you live on this earth is a gift is a gift every breath that you draw is the literal zoe breath of god that breathe life into you and we take everything for granted we think we're gonna live forever we think we're good like that that's not the way this works humble thyself before the living god Pray, stay in the closet and say, oh God, have mercy on my soul. Oh God, I'm trying to live this life, but I'm imperfect. Oh God, have mercy on me. Lord, I want to serve you. I want to love you all the days of my life. But Lord, I'm a man. I'm a man of flesh. I'm a woman of flesh. And sometimes my flesh doesn't do what is agreeable to the living God. Have mercy on me, Lord. Not because we're doing this to be phony with God, but because we love God. How many of us want to please our mom and dad, right? I know some of the young kids. Are <laughs> but when you get older and when you have children of yourself, you start especially, how many have parents that are still alive? You are blessed. You are blessed. Even if you have one parent, you're blessed. Both of my parents are gone. 
But I'm not an orphan. My father in heaven is my father and my mother. Hallelujah. And I got a beautiful woman of God that just is my everything in this world. Amen. Beautiful children, beautiful grandchildren. I have need for nothing. If nothing happens, I've lived a full, complete life. And I give God glory for every breath that I draw. What a blessed life. Because my riches are stored up in glory where the thief and the robber cannot steal or take away. Will never say, I am Pastor Albert. If, if you see that, you better throw some oil on me. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. But listen, if you have family members and loved ones and you see their posts or even people that you know and you see, I am this, I am that, please do me a favor in the love of Jesus, call them and tell them, look, because I love you, I want you to know that this is super dangerous. Your tomorrow could be taken away. Did we read earlier, Isaiah 47? You could be widowed. You could be childless in a day. Boom. It'll suddenly come upon you, and you won't even know how it happened. You won't be able to figure it out. None of this is guaranteed, saints of God. Amen. Turn your neighbor and say, I think that's the worst of it. Praise God. Jesus himself. Jesus himself. I watched Jesus of Nazareth last night before I went to bed. I love that, that film, but... In that film, he goes and says, Isaiah 61, and he says, you know, the word, in your hearing, the scriptures are fulfilled. And they all try to throw rocks at him and stone him to death. A short time later, he was having a debate with the Pharisees. And he says in John 8, 58, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, he attributed himself to like God, amen. He was God in the flesh. And they started looking at him, ready to stone him to death. I understand sometimes how things are, but it's true. There are Christians. I'm going to say this. It's kind of a little scary to say, but it's true. There are some Christians that hang on the word, every word that the pastor says, but not for the right reasons. Here's what I'm going to say. There are some that are looking for a reason to leave the church. Looking for a reason to go backwards and say, this doesn't work for me. They're looking for something, a, a, a word of error or some stumbling point or something that the pastor says wrong so that they can say, you see, the whole church is defiled. You see what he said? I'm not going to that church no more. And they find a way to bounce and go to some other church to defile and corrupt another church. It's a plague in the body of Christ waiting for a blunder so they can say heretic, blasphemer, ready to pick up a rock and throw it at the, at the man of God who's in the presence of God all week long trying to find the word, the bread, fresh bread from heaven to deliver to his people, to the people of God each week. They'd rather pick up a stone to kill the pastor rather than ask a question and learn. If you don't understand something or the pastor says something that might sound off base, what is so hard to pick up the phone and say, Pastor, do you have a minute? You said something and I just want clarity. I don't want the enemy to play games with my spirit. You had said something. It might have been a slip up. I don't know. But you said this. My Bible says that. So can you break it down for me? Can you reaffirm this whole? How, did I miss this or did I read it wrong? Do you know that not a single pastor on planet earth would get offended with that? And, and I've tell you, in my 15 years, I've said or once or twice a thing that I might not have been completely accurate. I remember one time early on, uh, Priscilla and Aquinas, I had attributed both of them as as female when one of them was a husband one of them was a, a wife the very next week i said hey wait a minute i made a mistake and i came back in a public apology to the whole church hey i read this wrong and I, I need to make a correction listen i don't have any problem i'm a flawed man and that's why pencils have erasers 
but for some reason we hold the pastor in the office of such high standard, but it's okay for you to talk like a truck driver potty mouth or, or for you to live like the devil himself but the pastor does one thing wrong and you're ready to crucify the pastor we got to understand we're all the body of christ i need you you need me i help you you help me the goal is heaven the goal is jesus will you help me get there please pretty please i'll help you you help me let's not critique each other let's not beat each other down let's love on each other the word says all people will know you're my disciples in the manner in which we love one another listen we're the church we're the people of god the world does stuff like that not the church amen, amen. they did it to jesus they were ready to stone him let's get into today's message i am there are actually eight I am statements in the word of God. Seven of them are found in the book of John. And the final I am is found in the book of Revelation. That's why we're going to have seven weeks in the presence of the living God concerning the names of the Lord Jesus and God the Father in heaven. Amen. The Holy Spirit too. I ain't excluding him either. Praise God. The very first I am declaration that Jesus made. He says, I am the bread of life. What does this statement mean? How does it apply? And if I go fast, have mercy. Praise God. In Jesus' time, bread was the main staple or source of food for living. Brother Allen spoke about that earlier. Meat was rarely eaten because they had lacked refrigeration. So meat wasn't a thing that they ate. They only ate during times of feast or celebrations. But grains and flour were available to all all the time. It was affordable and it was nutritious to them. Jesus uh, made himself known as the bread of life. He says of himself, I am the bread of life. So number one, first point, Jesus is the source of life. John 1, 3, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. We know John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Amen. All plant life, all animal life, all flying birds, all beasts of the field, every reptile, every insect, all the fish in the sea, in the freshwater, the saltwater, all human life, everything was made by him. And let me just say this for the record. He made them all male and female. Are crazy, crazy. I'm not going to put parties, but there are parties out there and political agendas. They're the ones that made the 121 genders. God made two, male and female. And these two have high regard in Scripture. John 1 4, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of man. God made us in his own image, and we are created looking just like him, male and female. Glory to God. God loves mankind. God loves his people. God loves those that he created for himself. Exodus 16, 4. God said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Listen to that. God providing bread from heaven every single day. That means you won't have to eat yesterday's bread because there's a new batch being cooked up in heaven every single day. Fresh bread. Hallelujah. To feed them, but to show love to them. But more importantly, to see if they will follow him and love him back. And they would walk in his laws and in his precepts. Listen to what Jesus said regarding that very statement. John 6, 26 through 27. Jesus answered them and said, and this is to the people and the Pharisees. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which is the Son of Man. He will give you because God the Father has sent his seal on him. Glory to God. 
Many people follow Jesus for what he could give them. There might be those in this room right now serving the Lord simply to stay out of hell. Serving him simply to stay healthy. Simply serving him so that he could provide their daily bread. But do we really love the Lord? Or are we like those that followed him for the miracles? Followed him because they've eaten from the multiplied bread. They weren't satisfied with that. They wanted more. The reality is that they sought after that which could not sustain them. That which perishes. That which is eaten today and digested. It was temporary satisfaction. Jesus was the guy that they looked for to get their temporary satisfaction. Jesus wanted them to see beyond the temporary, glory to God, into the supernatural. Listen to him. In John 6, 32 through 33, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus being the bread from heaven is declaring himself to be the real, true, living bread, the living manna from heaven. That you eat from him, you will never hunger again. You eat from him, you will never thirst again. Glory to God. There are so many here that live in the present. So many here in the ordinary and in the natural. Let me tell you something. Sin will never satisfy. It is temperable. Temperable. It is insatiable. It might seemingly please for a moment. But you're going to be right back because the fix doesn't last. Because the pleasure of sin doesn't last. And you got to keep going. And you know what? It's a bottomless pit. You go deeper and deeper and deeper into levels of depravity that you never thought you would even be found in. If you look back at your teen years and you look back at your adult life and you see the progression of sin. There's really a big change if we start looking at all the years and how deeper, 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 deeper we go outside of God's presence. It's mind-boggling. The flesh is never satisfied. You're, you might have done things now as an adult that as a teen you would have never dreamed of. You would have never even thought of it. You say, oh my God, I could never do that. And now, doing it. There's a quote I love from Ed Cole. It says, sin promises to serve and please, but it will only enslave and dominate. Jesus wants more for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's definitely talking to you right now. Jesus wants more for you, brother. More for you, sister. Jesus wants you to have everlasting life. He wants you to have his everlasting love. That means forever and ever. Not just in glory, but right now. John 6, 47 through 51. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Are you getting this? He says, I am the living bread. That means alive bread, praise God, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the entire world. Glory to God most high. Today, it's so sad. When I think about it, life itself doesn't seem to be precious anymore to people there are people having abortions and it's it's ungodly it's taking life even before god's time for birth it's murder of the innocents it's shedding of innocent blood there are christians that have their children get pregnant by some you know time of of sin and to hide the secret from everybody, they go out 
and take their kid to get an abortion. There are young people that have no answers. They don't know where to turn. So they go in secret and go to these clinics and get an abortion. And sometimes that abortion prevents them from having children for the rest of their life. There are those that are calling it humane, euthanasia, someone that's suffering from terminal illness. And instead of praying and trusting God, or instead of letting them go peacefully in dignity, they say, oh, we don't want you to suffer. Let's just take you out. Let's plan the day of your death. It's called euthanasia. They call it a humane way to go. Do you know that, I, I believe it's in Canada, they've passed a law now that people that are on uh, uh, respirators and, and all that, they now can actually do euthanasia in the hospital to let them out comfortably and peacefully. They call it a humane death. Suicide. How many are so filled with depression and anxiety and rejection and loneliness and all this lack of love and they think that the best way out is suicide. That is the most difficult of all loss to deal with. It, it, it really leaves a scar on the rest of the family. And people now have to go, what could I have done to prevent this? How could I have shown more love? What could I have done? How could I have been there for this person? And it's too late. And the devil begins to play with these people in their mind. Think about the cold-blooded murders that we experience. There seems to be violence on all kinds of levels. I was watching uh, on Instagram this guy that was in, I think it was San Francisco, and there's these teens doing eight, eight you know, the, the circle, the drifting, the, the skidding with the cars and doing donuts, and they're literally breaking property and crashing into cars, and this guy goes into the middle of the street and says, hey, stop, this is crazy, stop. All he was doing is trying to protect life and property. The people that were in the car stopped the car. Four guys got out, and they beat this guy down into a coma and threw him on the sidewalk like a piece of trash. I believe the guy ended up dying of multiple blows to the head. They were kicking him while he was unconscious, kicking him in the stomach, kicking him in the face, kicking him in the head. It's just pure evil, pure evil. It's, it's gone past the subway thing that we seen in New York years ago where the kids would just punch an old person in the face, someone that they know couldn't defend themselves. Our world is going crazy. It's going evil. Saints of God, that's why we're the light and the salt of the earth. That's why we need the bread from heaven. Life is precious. And Jesus, point number two, is the sustainer of life. Colossians 1 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. John 54, 4, be, be, uh, behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Bread here on earth is food for living, which is vital to sustain life. There's no one on earth that is strong enough to live without food. When food runs out, life runs out. There are anorexic victims that actually die because they refuse to eat food. How many Christians die because they refuse to eat the bread of life? I got to hit this topic here, especially after Thanksgiving. There's nothing wrong with enjoying your meal. But food... In excess, there's a word for that. That's called gluttony. Food can become an addiction as well, especially in the church. We talk about alcohol. We talk about drugs. We talk about illicit sexual behavior. We talk about all kinds of stuff. But oftentimes we forget food. Food is a feel-good thing. It brings comfort. But overindulgence and overconsumption of food or drink can literally become a, a vice for people. Thanksgiving. Some of us were eating like that on Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. It's funny because on Thanksgiving we say, this is the day, the one day that we could get down. And, and we start piling it in. Woof. Woof. Listen, if you've had to go on this Thanksgiving and your stomach was a, you might have overindulged. Amen? 
Hallelujah. How about just eating your portion and going back and getting a second plate? If you need a second plate. I stacked up my plate. This plate was good this year. Praise God. AJ, he made a bang of turkey. Hallelujah. Lissette, we had a wonderful time. But I served myself once. And I couldn't even finish my plate. And you know what I did? I packed it up. Hallelujah. Took it for the next day. You see, sometimes people look at a big man and say, oh, he's struggling with gluttony. You don't think I, I, I see that? And, and others that are big people. You know, there's a thing called genetics. Hallelujah. And there's other things that people are not aware of. But if you knew, if you knew my, my eating habits, they are kind of poor, actually. I eat breakfast in the morning, then sometimes don't eat nothing until 9 o'clock at night. It's horrible. But my life is so busy. I have to be a better steward of my time. I've got to manage my time. My wife is helping me with that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can help me by praying for me. Manage my time. Brother Nelson's helping the men of God. One, two, three. Praise God to get in the gym and get our bodies, our temples back in order. Glory to God. Diet, exercise. It's all part of the plan. But listen, there's a way to defeat this vice. There's a real sure, true fire way to beat this and never allow this to become your portion. And you know what that is? Let me just say this. I forgot this. Sugar is more addictive than cocaine and alcohol and everything else combined. And a lot of times, the pastries, the foods that we eat are so loaded with sugar. Do you know that soda is so stacked with sugar, that's why they keep you coming back. It's like a, you got to have it, you got to have it. These companies know what they're doing. They're trying to get us addicted. Listen, how many are praying against intoxin, uh, uh, toxicities and impurities in your food? Yes. Nowadays, we don't even know what we're eating. You know, how many kids love goldfi goldfish cookies and, and Pop-Tarts and, and Kellogg cereals? How many people don't read the labels? Every single one of those say bioengineered products. Everything now, we don't even know what we're eating anymore. My wife and I are on a reading late. Sometimes going shopping takes two hours. We read everything. And if I got to pay a little extra, so be it. I'm getting non-GMO, non-stuff, no nitrates, none of that. You got to read the labels. But they're trying to get us addicted to, you know, my wife went to Germany. If you look at a ketchup bottle in, in, in Europe, there's only five, ing five ingredients in the bottle. Simple. No chemicals. No, and in the Heinz, in our Heinz uh, 57 or whatever it's called, or the ketchup bottle, you look at the back, there's like 60 ingredients, and, and 55 of them are all chemical. You can't even pronounce them. How many of us know what those chemicals are? Unless you're a, a science or a chemist, you don't even know what they're putting in. And they say, oh, it's for preservative. Yeah, but these are toxins that are entering into your cheeseburger so that you could be codependent on some pharmacia pill that a doctor will prescribe to you. And then you say, okay, how long do I got to take it? Oh, you for the rest of your life. There are a lot of us in this room that are taking pills for the rest of our life. And it's sometimes because of the foods we eat. That's why we got to be prayerful. Here's the way to beat this stuff. Boom. Boom, shakalaka. We don't want to hear it, but that's the cure. Just like we were talking about pride and how servanthood kills pride. Fasting breaks the chains of gluttony and sugar addictions and pastries and chocolates and sodas and all that stuff. Prayer and fasting. The Bible says offer your body as a living sacrifice. I got to go on. Praise God. I have to move on. God provides food for life. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Israel was given manna in the desert. Elijah was fed by ravens. Elijah was also sustained by a widow during a time of famine. Egypt itself was fed by the grains during a famine when God gave Joseph the revelation. Jesus gives and sustains life for all those who believe. John 6, 51. 
it says, I am the living bread. Again, we read this, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. How many are hearing that word today? And I am the bread that shall give my life, which is flesh. I shall give it for the life of the world. Communion symbolizes exactly what he's talking about. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. And he had given thanks and broken and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. How do we receive this bread of life? Very simple. We come unto the Lord. He said in John 6, 37, And all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. We need to come to the Lord for salvation, for relationship, for redemption. John six fifty three. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, you have no life in you. You might say to yourself, oh my God, that is some cannibalism stuff right there. Praise God. But Jesus was talking spiritually. And if you go further, this is not in my notes, but you could read this for yourself. If you go just a few verses down, the, the, the Pharisees and many of his disciples, John 6 66, it says that many of his followers, many of his disciples turned around and followed him no more. And Jesus said to his own 12, hey, do you too also want to leave? And Peter spoke and said, where else will we go? They didn't understand these words, but he said, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Sometimes we hear something that we don't understand and we're ready to turn around and walk away from it all. But it's better for you to go to the Lord and say, Father in heaven, will you explain this to me? Will you make this revelation come to life for me? Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is to the soul what bread is to the body. The bread of life is going to nourish your spirit. You will never hunger again. You will live forever. It will make you live in eternity forever with Christ. Are we eating from the daily bread Every single day, my mom had this picture hung up in my living room all the years of my young life. And there was another picture equal of a woman. It was like a father, a, a husband and a wife, old couple. And this is all you saw, the bread, the cup, the coffee, and, and them praying and reading the word. Two pictures that hung up, and that taught me something as a child to always every day be in the presence of the living God. Are we eating the daily bread? We cannot grow without the bread. We cannot fight away demon assaults without the bread. We cannot enjoy the promises of God if we don't know what they are. We cannot receive our healing without the word. The word heals and gives life. We cannot have victory without the word. Jesus didn't come to fill our stomachs. He came to fill our spirit. 1 Corinthians 5, 6-8. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I could not go without talking about the leaven of the bread. There are Christians that have leaven in their spirit and leaven puffs up the bread. It's called the yeast of pride. Amen. We cannot get full of God's word and allow the yeast of pride to somehow creep in. That means once you've reached a level of godliness or a level of righteousness or a level of spiritual education, we start thinking of ourselves a little more highly than we ought to, especially when the pastor sees gifts and says, hey, can you read this? Hey, can you share that testimony? Hey, can you sing this song? Hey, can you preach this word? Hey, do you wish to do this? Hey, can you serve this way? Then all of a sudden, hmm, the pastor, checked. he chose me. I must be special. There must be something. And all of a sudden, <laughs> remember, by now we should have known leadership means you go to a higher level of what? Servitude. When you're a leader, it means you're a greater servant. A leader in this house should be the first one at church going like this. 
Leaders. I'm talking to the leaders. It'd be the first ones to do this. But those that have been serving the Lord for so many years and have arrived, they're like, okay, everyone, grace and peace to you. Peace out. Today you get a pass. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. We cannot allow. My last and final point, Jesus gives real satisfaction. He who comes to me, I understand. I got several minutes and I'm good to go. Hallelujah. You're glorying. Oh, I read that. Jesus uh, gives real satisfaction. He who comes to me shall never hunger, shall never thirst. Hallelujah. Those that come to him will never thirst. Remember the woman at the well. I can't go too deep now because of time. But John 6.35, it says, you will never thirst again. There are those that thirst after alcohol, those that thirst after drugs, those that thirst after lust and greed. They learn very quickly. It never satisfies. I remember was, as a young man, I could have been at Great Adventure, Six Flags, and would have had a horrible time if I didn't have no get high in my pocket. You better tell the truth in here. Hallelujah, pastor. There was a time I was addicted. I was a pothead. I wasn't a cokehead, but I did a lot of coke. That's the truth. And if I didn't have it in my pocket, I couldn't even enjoy myself. On the rides and everything. And back then I was thin enough to fit in them. Hallelujah. Wouldn't have a good time because I wasn't high. Now I'm on the most high. Hallelujah. I could go to Burger King and put a little Burger King hat on and be happy as ever. Hallelujah. <laughs> you just got the image in your head, right? Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Come to me and eat and drink and live forever. John 14, 13 through 14. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing into everlasting life. Jesus broke bread, the bread from heaven, and God broke Jesus, the bread from heaven. He broke him and said, this is my son in whom I love and is well pleased. And I give him as bread from heaven unto you. Come and eat and drink from him and have life. He will cover you. He will redeem you. He will save you. But you've got to come to him today. Glory to God. God bless you, saints of the Most High, living God. Let's bow our heads for a quick word of prayer. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. 0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.